Welcome to Maniacally Midwest, a true crime podcast. So I've been down for the count for the past couple of weeks and we weren't able to record. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, if you have not listened to us before, this is Maniacally Midwest. I'm Chloe. This is my co-host Katie. What up? And every week we pick a different crime from the Midwest. One of us presents and the other person gets to react along with you guys. So I've been waiting. I've been hanging in there for weeks now, ready to hear what Katie has cooking up for us. So she's going to present this week, and I'm going to listen along with you guys. So Katie, take it away. Yeah, so in addition to Chloe having a baby, the first time that we skipped recording was actually because the power went out in my house for multiple days, and I had what some would call a nervous breakdown in the biz. So. That was a fun adventure for... Oh, and then last week my basement flooded. So yeah. we've, we're not trying to skip out on you guys. Life's just been hitting us real hard, so sorry. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been rough, but she has a baby now, so good stuff all around. But I yes. wasn't going to do this case initially. When we first rescheduled because of power outage and then second time rescheduled because... Chloe refused to just keep that baby up inside her for another few weeks. I really tried. She didn't. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I had a different case that I was going to do, but this week I got a listener request. I don't, I think it was actually when the power was out that I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do that sometime soon. But then we rescheduled, then we rescheduled, and I was like, you know what? The more I read about it, I'm going to address this other one later, and now we're going into it. So this week, we're back in Wisco, always the love of my life, and we are in West Dallas, a.k.a. Dallas. What up, homies? The dirty Dallas. Yeah, so for those of you who are not familiar with Stalis, it is a suburb of Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is the love of my life, where I went to college and then started my adult life. It's the best place in the whole wide world. Um, But it is like a western suburb of Milwaukee. So if you were to like be hanging out in Milwaukee, you'd just like head west, I think, on 43. So... Or no, 94. My bad. 43 goes up to my, the original homeland. 43 goes up to Sheboygan from Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Could have fooled me. Yeah. I thought it was 43. I guess we take 43 to Muskego from the Stalis. Well, there you go. Because if you're, if you're coming up not to get all into the directions, if people are annoyed by this, too bad, because I'm going to do it anyways. If you're coming up from Chicago, you're coming up on 94. But then okay. 94 instead of going, I mean, they always say it's east-west, which is the most infuriating thing ever to me. 
because I'm always like, wait, I'm going south. I don't know where they think they're sending me. But technically, if you head on 94, you're going 94 east to get to Chicago. So, but anyways. My husband's laughing in the background, just so everybody knows. <laughs> it's fine. He, I'm helping him. He's going to navigate this area like a pro by the time I'm done with this. But anyways, 94 then juts out, and you're going to head that direction. If you start seeing the Petted Ice Center, guess what? You're in Stalis. Get off the highway. Get a cream puff from the state fairgrounds. If you're lucky enough to hit up the zone during that season, you are in Stalis. You got to go past Miller Park. I refuse. Sam Field now, whatever it is. No, I refuse. That's not, we're not doing that. I think that they still have, so the sign still says like Miller Parkway or whatever. Like that's the name of the road at the exit. Whatever. Because that's what it will always be. I refuse. I'm not doing it. We won't say that word. But so anyways, um, Stalis has a population of approximately 60,000 people. I, I mentioned the Wisconsin State Fair. That's the grounds for the entire state of Wisconsin State Fair. It's not central, but no one cares because it's the best. You can get your cheese curds. You can get your cream puffs. And I can get terrible diarrhea from my lactose intolerance but i will do it every time i don't care stand up to the man f the patriarchy i'm getting the cheese curds oh god anyways um some notable people of stalis liberace okay yep this we ryan is evidently somehow related to him stop his grand yeah so I don't know. We'll have to do some genealogy research. I got to ask them where he comes into the bloodline here. But I'm guessing, son. I, I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to pivot from my original suggestion for Halloween costumes as the Adams Family, and I vote Ryan goes as Liberace. I vote that as well. I think that needs to happen. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Liberace is, I would say like he's like the OG like Elton John. Yeah. Flashy piano player. Think like that whole vibe. Lots of sequins. Mm-hmm. Then there is Alex McRae, who I don't personally know. He is a baseball player who unfortunately plays for the Chicago White Sox, I guess, as a pitcher. Sorry. Lame. You went to Illinois. Loser. Probably the most notable person who has a claim to fame through Stalis is Mr. Jeffrey Dahmer himself. Oh, that's right. So uh, I I don't believe he was born in West Dallas, but uh, prior to his whole Milwaukee downtown nonsense that he put through the news and whatnot, he was living with his Grammy in Stalis. So there's that. Uh, my grandmother also lives in, well, doesn't anymore. She used to live in Stalis. Nice. A thing that someone pointed out to me, which I did not think was original to Wisconsin, but apparently it is unique. So I had a friend that went to Lambo for um, a soccer game. It's mm. the OG karate. You know. I don't know. Karate, aka karate. Oh. Yeah. 
I've never heard her nickname before. I like it. Well, it was what Layla thought her name was for years. I could see that now that you say it. Yeah. Big Cobra Kai fans at our house. New season out also. Plug for them. About to get that advertisement money, right? Yes. That and or I will take a meeting with Johnny Lawrence, a.k.a. Billy Zapka, in exchange for monetary. <laughs> Anyways, she was saying that she was shocked to see that everyone around Lambo charges money for people to park in their driveways and on their yards. And they do that around the state fair, too. I thought that's normal. People are like, hey, do you want to get screwed and pay $30 for parking at the state fair? No? Well, guess what? I'll only charge you 20 and you can park on my grass. People did that in Grand Haven, too, with all the events. See, I thought that was just normal. I just thought that's sticking it to the man, you know? I agree. Why not? But <clears throat> anyways, I would never allow someone to park on my lawn. I don't care how much money I can make. No, you're a stickler about your lawn. Yeah. I got really pissed when a kid rode their bike over it because we live on a corner. Don't do that. Don't screw with me. It is the infield, man. It, it's, a, it's a whole different vibe. Just don't screw with the grass. Whatever you do, don't do it. Don't do it. Alrighty. Well, now I'm going to introduce Stephen... And I already forgot his last name. So I am stupid. I just went on this whole rant. Hold on. I didn't even include it. So that's really great investigative work. Yeah, you got me. Stephen Zellick, I think is how you say his last name. He likes to also go by Mr. Handcuffs, in case you were wondering. Oh, God. This is going to be a bad time. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into Stevie's full past because he doesn't deserve a biography of his life because he's a turkey butthole. But some background I do feel like is important. So he lived on the south side of Milwaukee and he did go to college at Marquette before he ended up earning his bachelor's degree in criminal justice at UWM. What, what? I didn't go to school with him. He's old. So in 1992, I was four. No connection. Um, he did end up working for Mequon PD for a while, and he ended up leaving in good standing to take a position with West Dallas Police Department. Oh, man, this is concerning. Yeah. So not only because what follows, but he, like, actually, in looking at him, he sounds like the literal definition of a bad cop. So yeah. we, like, kind of dissect cases here. And sometimes we say, like, oh, the police, like, screwed this investigation up. They did whatever. But I know that there are some crappy people that become police officers. And I just want to clarify that we are not, like, anti-police by any means. But this guy and his behavior sucks so hard that at some point it is logical to kind of think, like, how did the police just let some D-bag do a bunch of D-bag things repeatedly? So it does happen. Also, I just want to put this out there that the trigger warning for this week is going to be sexual violence. Oh, good. So, yeah. I kind of guess with the Mr. Handcuffs thing. I, it's but. kind of a hint, but um, over his 12 years with the police department, he racked up a bunch of discipline starting in 1993 for insubordination, neglect of duty, and untruthfulness. And he also got into three squad car crashes. Um, Seems excessive. Yeah. 
that yeah. was year one too, right? Because uh, he graduated in ninety two, so ninety three would have been his first year on the job. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Um, he also mishandled the domestic violence call and the woman involved in the domestic violence situation later tried to commit suicide. Oh my god. Steven, you are a D-bag. That is why I say it is very important. Listen, we're not responsible for other people's actions, but I think especially in situations when they're domestic, you do have an impact on people. And if you don't listen to someone, your lack of listening or empathy or caring can result in someone else feeling extremely alone. So poop on you, Steven, and poop on the police department for letting you do a crap job. Yeah. Um. One review of him noted that he did not write very many tickets, which I feel like is very interesting because if you're involved in all this stuff, I mean, actually, if you're a police officer, you're involved in stuff every single day. Why would you not be writing a bunch of tickets? Even if it's like, I'm not saying go give people like traffic tickets all the time, but like, no, it is I probably am breaking like 75 laws this very second. I don't even know them, but I'm sure I could get a ticket for something. Yeah. But don't play if you're listening and you're a police officer, please don't give me a ticket for something, okay? I'm a nice person. I don't need this in my life. So then during this time period, he was starting to work security um at a Brookfield hotel in nineteen ninety five, like during his off duty time. It's pretty standard. There's a lot of police officers that do security on the side for something just to pull extra money in. So that's yeah. not that bizarre. I think that there's a lot of uh, police officers that do security at clubs and stuff yeah. on the side to just, like, supplement their income. Yeah. And in 2000, he and three friends from the police department had started side jobs as sales associates for prepaid legal services. So Okay, that's a weird one. The security on the side, I can see. Prepaid legal services, that sounds like something that you're not supposed to be doing i'm not 100% sure because i have seen this in some sources and then i don't in others that i heard that who he was working for is legal shield so if someone is familiar with this i personally am it's not a company that we use but there are these companies so i don't know if i've mentioned before but my husband is an owner operator so you sign up for these like monthly you send money like a subscription And then if you get pulled over, you send in the ticket and these places like Legal Shield fight the ticket for you. And a thing that a lot of people don't know is most of the time, if you get some kind of ticket, it's not for every kind of ticket, but like, let's say you get a ticket for, in like my husband's case, he's a semi-truck driver, being in the wrong lane, because technically there's some areas where they say a truck cannot be in the right lane or the left lane or the middle lane or whatever. And if you miss it and you get pulled over for that, then you send this ticket in and they'll fight it. And sometimes they'll get it reduced to just a non-moving violation. So you get no points off of your license. Well, that's the kind of thing. The reason I think it's very weird is a lot of the times these, not a lot of the times, most legal situations are brought on by the police. So you're working for a company that is fighting the police tickets that you and or your fellow police officers are issuing yeah that's real weird to me anyways yeah 
Um, during this point, Zelik was stalking several women while on duty. Yikes. Constantly asking them out despite their rejections. One of his regular stops was the Spotlight Lounge, which is a strip club on Greenfield Avenue in Milwaukee. Oh, I have not heard of this one. We're I haven't people in this house. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, not that I really knew. I don't actually if let me think. I don't think I know any name of strip clubs in Milwaukee. Shockingly, when I lived there, I that's not where I was hanging out. Katie's a lame. That's what she's trying to tell you guys. Don't listen to her because her and Ryan have never been to like half of the bars on Water Street. So I am not going to be shamed. I lived a cool life. I don't know what these losers were doing. (laughs) Sorry. Actually, I don't think I, we just joke about on the border because when we first moved here, I've never been there. Okay. Oh, actually I have heard of that one, but I don't know where that is. Uh, it's on off of the highway somewhere between Chicago and Milwaukee. That I makes don't know. sense. But regardless, I thought they were talking about like the, the chips because yeah, in Grand Rapids we have on the border, which is a Mexican restaurant, and they also make chips, which I still buy to this day. Okay, but it's a chain. That's the thing that's even more weird. It's not like in Grand Rapids. It is a popular chain across the country. It is. Oh. I don't think that they have it here but in i don't Michigan, think i've seen it where yeah. i know it's from maybe they're not allowed to have one in wisconsin because the strip club trademark issue yeah right. <laughs> now a great mexican restaurant that we used to have in milwaukee which i believe has closed down is chi chi's have you ever been there which also mm-hmm. sounds like it would be a great strip club name it that would be a good one is this the people that make like the salsa and stuff yes okay I, I'm sure my parents will disagree with me, but I loved that restaurant. So Brian says they made a great fried ice cream. I'm sure they did. They made everything delicious. I couldn't tell you what I ate there because I was a kid, but I know it was it was bussin', as the kids say. Was, I believe. Oh yeah. Okay, so sorry we went on a little strip club Mexican food tangent. Yeah, we. Uh, my bad. So he would hang out there a lot. And it, it like the owner of the club said that it was like kind of unusual for police to come in there unless they were like checking their license or looking for someone specifically. Like it wouldn't be like, hey, I'm just going to like grab a coffee and a donut like it's a restaurant or something. Yeah. No, it's weird. weird. Yeah. Um, He would always stay around an hour, if not more. Sitting there, he would drink soda, so I guess at least he's not drinking alcohol while on duty. But, yeah, pretty weird. I, I feel like it probably would be a pretty big buzzkill if I'm either working there or just wanting to spend my free time there. And then this uniform cop sits next to me and be like, so I'm going to prison today. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. You would not think he was a real cop and be like, oh, is this a male stripper in case any women come in? Because do you not, like, is that not what every, like, male stripper dresses up as? I feel like it's that or a firefighter. So if you go into a strip club and see him, that would almost be, like, my first inclination. Be like, oh, is it ladies' night? Yeah, I feel like, especially if he comes in there and he's, like, got a noise complaint, it'd be like, 
oh, because <laughs> that's what they always show in the movies. Like a guy knock on the door. I got a noise complaint. <laughs> that it's a stripper. Really? Especially if you're like drinking and you're at a strip club. So you're already a little like loose. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Well, that never happened to him. Um, But it ended up being that three of the dancers at Spotlight complained to the police about Zelik. And it is the only time in the club's 40 years of operating that dancers had reacted to an individual customer in this way. Oh, wow. So that's not great. And following that, Stephen decided to back off and not go back there anymore. Um, And I know that the owner was kind of like freaked out by it. And he had said like he was just happy that none of. Well, I don't like this. He said none of his girls got caught up in that. Don't like that you're calling adult women girls. I don't like that you are saying it as ownership. But the sentiment is that he is happy that the people who are his employees were not targeted by him and that it was like a really a good lesson to teach his staff to not not let their guard down even if it is a police officer that there are rules to safety and I think that's a really good lesson for all people yeah. it doesn't matter what someone's job title is or what position they hold they can still be d-bags so everyone's trying to kill you Remember that at all all moments of your life. Yes. Thanks, Mama Katie. Yeah. Especially significant others. Those are the ones that usually murder people. Ryan. I saw him lurking in the background. I see him stalking you. Right now. So likely story. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> He's preparing something. He just like walked into the hallway like what? <laughs> listen we've already addressed this if anybody's gonna be killing anybody in this house i'm gonna be killing ryan but i have not had i don't no that seems unlikely i refuse to believe that if so i would like the first rights in may 2001 police were called by neighbors to his apartment Uh and a woman had run away from the apartment crying in only her underwear. So she ended up saying that he had agreed to pay her for a lap dance, but when she tried to leave, she heard a noise like handcuffs. And then he, like, lost his shit on her when she asked him about it. Because, like, if you hear, like, handcuffs jingling, and you're like, what was that? And then he, like, flips the F out. Yeah, that's weird. His response to this situation was he claimed that she stole $125 from his wallet. Okay. And this incident is when he was forced to resign from his job at the police department. Got it. Okay, so now he's not a police officer anymore, but he's still selling the prepaid legal services. Good. Um, he would advertise on Craigslist, which I don't do that. I mean, I understand there are some legitimate businesses and stuff advertising there, but 
No, Craigslist is like sketch unless you're like buying and selling cars. I feel like well, it's like 2001 though. I try to keep that in mind because I feel like people used it for a lot of stuff then. It was before it got to like you get murdered if you deal with someone on Craigslist. Now even cars and everything, if you don't see it on Facebook Marketplace, why isn't it on Facebook Marketplace? Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe it's a little bit different because it's 2001. That's actually like he was first on the. I was gonna say. Yeah. So, where was I? Here we go. You guys, just in case you are like, what does she mean? Where was I? We write down our stuff so that we can stay on task. So then, when I get distracted, I make eye contact and act like a human person. I'm like, oh, words. Where did I go? (laughs) Anyways. So this following year, Stephen's dad died um, and he was the, I think, the executor of the will. Okay. Um, so him and his younger sister were the only heirs and they ended up splitting like an estate around like a half a million dollars, according to court records. Oh, wow. Which is. I mean, it's decent. It's not like, oh, especially when you consider splitting. So it's like $200,000. It's not nothing, but it's not like a whole bunch. So, and the year that the estate had ended up being closed out and they had everything settled, him and his sister ended up buying a condo in Franklin, Wisconsin. Okay. So like the years that followed, he got involved in some like failed businesses he had civil suits against him. Oh, boy. Uh, $55,000 in favor of a title insurance company over commissions he didn't pay. Um, and $7,000 owed to a former landlord where he lived in West Dallas from 2007 to 2012. Yikes. So for part of the time that he had lived in West Dallas, this house where the former landlord was owed money Mm -hmm. he had a roommate um and his roommate's name was jamie bates who now lives in who now lives in michigan it's a woman huh so she ended up telling a tv station after he had been arrested for what's to come that she and her kids lived with him until she found a large animal cage in the basement and he told her when she asked about it that he once kept a woman captive in it for years. Ah. I don't know if that's, I don't know. Just someone saying that, I feel like even if it's a joke, that's a weird joke, leave. Yeah. Although, I mean, I might say something. I, I pro- never mind. I probably would if someone's like, oh, what's the kennel for? I never put Rocky in a kennel. Well, this is this is a person, okay? This is not a dog. This is a definitely well, weird joke to make. No, what I'm saying is, is like I never kennel Rocky, and if someone's like, "What's the kennel for?" I'd be like, uh, uh, "For my daughter or something." <laughs> like I probably would make a joke, but I also don't kill people, so there's a difference. I say weird stuff all the time. Exactly. Hold me to a different standard, people. That's all I'm asking for. Not a killer. Yeah. Um, so most people in the neighborhood were super social, but Zelik did keep mostly to himself. Um, and in 2012, he had moved to the apartment 
um, on Lincoln Avenue, which is the apartment that ended up getting served search warrants. And things were removed after that, including a fridge or a freezer. Mm. Um, in this apartment, the manager said that he was quiet. He paid his rent. Wasn't a problem at all. So no one really knew him. No one had a problem with him. But two people did notice during that summer that they really all of a sudden had a maggot and fly problem in their apartment and they didn't know why because they had just moved in and they didn't have any food or garbage in their apartment. Gross. So that brings me to the next part of why possibly someone would have a a maggot and fly problem when he is around because it's not great. Yeah. So during this whole time, I referred to Stephen as Mr. Handcuffs, right? Yep. Throughout the years, he was super into S&M websites also. Okay. And Mr. Handcuffs was the screen name, and he would search for submissive sex slave partners. Okay. I just want to put this out there that I am not kink-shaming anyone that is into that. In fact, I just watched a um, documentary about Army Hammer. I knew you were about to say that. Ryan watched this the other day. And I don't know that much about all these all these different interest groups. That's not like a thing. I only watched it because I'm like the queen of like gossip. Like if there's a People magazine or whatever, I like E! News where they like tell me like celebrity dirt. Yeah. So, okay, there are people who are legitimately into this S&M or um, BDM, I think is the other word, right? I think it's BDSM, right? Okay, I'm doing great. Knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah, okay, so there's people that are into this stuff, and I already forgot what the letters stand for, but like it's basically people that are into bondage and dominance stuff, and that's like all fine and good. But there are a lot of people that will claim that they are into this stuff, but what they're actually into is not that. They actually like just torturing people. So if you are into these things, people have safe words. There are ways that people do this where it is not crossing a boundary of another person. The boundaries are laid out freely and clearly. And any, both, either of the participants can stop the situation at any time and walk away from it. And in those situations, that's healthy and normal. But there are people who are just looking to hurt other people and they use this as an excuse. And then it'll follow that they have a sex addiction. It's not their fault and all this kind of crap. But there is a very clear boundary between someone who is into something like this doesn't necessarily mean that they are also a serial killer, just to be clear. Right. Like, so... While he's into these Mr. Handcuffs world, Mm -hmm. he ends up meeting um, 37-year-old Laura Simpson. I'm so sorry. Laura Sim... Sim... Who's a... Sim... Sim... I... Tell it. Oh, my... (laughs) I can read it. I know what I'm supposed to say. I have developed a stutter due to extreme stress. I'm so sorry. 
it's fine. Laura Simonson. See, it was not difficult. I just kept skipping it up. Okay. And then he also met 19 year old Jenny, I believe Gomez, but I, I'm not sure if I said her name right. G A M E Z. Maybe it's games. Okay. Um, so Jenny was killed in Wisconsin in August, 2012. And Simonson was killed in Minnesota during November 2013. After they died. Okay, so here, I'm going to rewind this. They end up being found in suitcases in um, Walworth County, Wisconsin. Okay. There was evidence tying him to this, but also like he had an extreme history of doing this stuff. Um, they had composite sketches released of both of Jenny Gomez because she was seen by her county in Cottage Grove, Oregon, the last time she was seen because she had decided to move to Wisconsin. So she wasn't from here originally. Okay. Um, and so they were looking for these people and then they found suitcases with two bodies. So after everything is all said and done it goes back to him relatively quickly that this was going on because they had checked into a hotel room, him and her. Yeah. And then he just left. That's yeah, pretty sus. Yeah. So after this, he claims that both died accidentally during sex. Okay. But. Which of, of course he did because. Now it's like, oh, things got out of hand. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really fantastic because no one can argue that. You can't even prove whether or not any of this was consensual or if you just did this. Right. And then they ended up in suitcases, which also seems not great. Yeah. So after he caused their death, he says that he put their bodies into suitcases and hid them in his home, which would explain why people in his apartment building were having the situations that they were having. Yeah. Um, he then says that he took the suitcases and put them in the trunk of his vehicle and dumped them along a roadway in tall grass. And that would be where they were found by a highway worker. And just, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm curious because if I saw like suitcases, I'd probably just throw them out. But maybe he saw a bunch of blood or something like that, that or tipped him off. Or if he tried to like pick them up and they were super heavy. That's, that is true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So according to the criminal complaint that followed, uh, there was more decomposed of the two bodies was partly concealed in a black uh, plastic garbage bags and her hands were bound behind her back with rope. The other body was found with a rope wrapped around her neck and she had a sexual ball gag strapped into her mouth with a collar and she was naked. Aye, so he didn't even like try and conceal any of that. I... I don't know. This guy has a complete disregard for human life. And so actually I, I skipped over the fact. I don't know how I missed it. These bodies were found on the side of the road, June 5th, 2014. So he had 
both of them for what two to three years basically pretty much um and even after these were found so i'm assuming that he would have seen news reports that these bodies were found yeah he continued using snm dating websites until he was arrested on june 27th 2014 oh wow which I think really speaks to someone's level of like sociopathic or narcissistic tendencies. Because if you just saw that the thing that you know that you did get discovered and you just continue on, like you're not scared you're going to get caught, that's really screwed up. That's bold. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So he ends up getting charged with two counts of hiding a corpse and he's given a million dollar bail um they had to identify jenny by her dental records i'm assuming that she was the one that was more decomposed yeah um but he pled guilty to the murder of jenny in 2016 and he received 35 years in jail in 2017, he was sentenced to 25 years to life for the murder of Laura Simonson. Um, he received another 10 years for the charges of hiding corpses in October 2017. Um, so last night, I was looking stuff up because I did all of this research and it was using older sources. Oh, God. And it was late last night after a long meeting and I didn't add this in. So I need to pull up the article because it actually turns out that right now, or maybe not right now, but after all of these occurred, now he's trying to pull back and fight something. So the deal was that he was going to serve his um, sentence here for Jenny. And then he was going to have to go to Minnesota to serve his, um, jail sentence there yeah which i i guess it's an interesting situation so i i didn't see how they proved this out and maybe it's just because i'm like zoning out but they must have had proof that he committed the murder in minnesota Minnesota if he has to go to a different state to finish serving because you don't get sentenced and sent somewhere Based on the victim's, like, residence, it's where you committed the crime. Right. So, here we go. In November of 2020, Uh uh, the courts ruled that he can keep trying to withdraw his guilty plea. Um, So, he pled guilty to both of these, right? Right. And... Then he is trying to say, okay, so he are his argument for wanting to withdraw his guilty plea is that um, his attorney mistakenly informed him he could challenge that ruling on appeal. So the ruling that they're referring to is that a judge said that the prosecutors could introduce evidence from the Minnesota case into the Wisconsin case. Okay. And... Then when there was a hearing held about this, it ended up being denied. But now the second district court of appeals 
ordered the guy to reopen the hearing and allow him to withdraw his plea if he can show his attorney was ineffective. So is he trying to get his sentence taken down, basically? Yeah, he wants to be able to change his plea from guilty to not guilty. Or whatever, yeah, for some lesser. So I I don't understand how he thinks that's going to work. I don't either. Because I'm pretty sure that they had evidence. And I also thought that he he admitted that he did it. So whether or not you in court say guilty or not. Right. You still made a statement. He. He's a douche. Um, I, I think also a reason that I get rattled. I'm not in a great place mentally right now. For all of the people listening. Um, and I, if you look at the pictures of this guy, he just looks like the average guy. Like a guy who's going to be like, no, because I say no. And that he's going to like push people. And obviously based on his actions, he is a person that believes that he's above the rules and he can do what he wants. And he is going to make the rules for everyone else. And I feel like his follow-up to being like, well, my attorney said I could challenge this later because they are blah, blah, blah. You know that you did it. Right. What difference does it make? First of all, you were old when you went into jail. Well, so I just think that you're reopening wounds for all of these families dealing with it. And I think that a layer of cruelty to this case is like, okay, it's terrible when someone has a family member murdered, right? Yeah. But now he gets to re-embarrass them, I think, by using this this avenue to find people that he is going to kill. Yeah. I don't think that it's going to make any family member feel great to know that their, signif- their significant other, their child, their brother, their s- sister, whatever – was on an S&M website and was doing that. It adds a level of embarrassment. I think Yeah, it's not a big deal, but I do also understand that it is pouring salt in the wound. It's making it look like she kind of shares responsibility in the fate that she had when he made these crappy decisions and his intent was never anything other than to cause harm. He can play yeah. it how he wants, but if I break my plate which I have no what I was going to say is if I am doing something and I break a dish you then approach when you are doing stuff with dishes like oh crap the other time I did this I busted this one so I don't really buy into the thing like oh it was accidental because no Really, you killed one person while having S&M sex and you didn't know how to approach the situation differently round two. I'm not buying that. You were looking for victims and this was the easiest pool and you thought that they were people that wouldn't be missed. Well, he kept the first woman's body for what, almost a year before the second instance happened. So Mm -hmm. there's also that. Like that's not normal And I also think that it's very interesting that first he got real weird with strippers and people who are strippers, people who do sex work, Mm -hmm. 
are more likely to be victimized because people have the perception that that is going to be someone that is not missed and someone that is going to be kind of blamed for finding themselves in this situation. Yeah. So he was trying hard, but he failed because he didn't realize that the first place where he tried, they would be like, yeah, no. When you're when you're on this like dating website, there's not a whole lot of interaction. It's not a group of people who are all communicating. Right. You might creep out like Lucy, sure. but she she doesn't tell who I don't know Susie, the next lady, who he is then harassing that this is the things he's done. Right. It it's harder for someone to be identified that way. No, hundred percent. I am going to give a shout out to this listener um, who requested this because it was a really interesting one. I have gotten really upset and stressed about it because I feel like I'm in a weird place about things that are happening in our world and people feeling like they can tell other people how things are going to be and you just have to shut up and take it. So I feel internally I'm like enraged by this, Yeah. but realistically all of the people that we cover are people who feel like they are exceptions to the rules and that they are going to enforce the things that they want on other people despite what society, laws, anything else says. Um, but Josie is actually the one, and I hope I'm saying your name right, who requested this. She sent a message on Instagram and she said it used to be her hometown and I checked out her Instagram page and she is, I think, a chef somewhere in Milwaukee. I'm not sure exactly where. But she has really beautiful pictures of food that she creates. Josie, and I wish I was in... we'll come eat all of it. We're foodies. Yes. No, I, I would love to have some of her food. She really does make beautiful things. But so thank you so much, Josie, for requesting it. Um, I I love to get requests. I love to get messages from people. Um, I think it's more fun doing research on cases that you already know people want. Yeah. And so this isn't the first request that we've done. But I think also this one was exciting to me because as I'm like reading off the like road names and I'm like this place on Greenfield Avenue, I'm like, I know that. I know this. Yes. But I, I wasn't living in Milwaukee at this time. I had already moved. I moved. Well, technically, I was not moved when he did the first murder. But by the time this stuff was discovered, I was already in Chattanooga. So I don't know that I actually followed any of this. I can't really remember one way or another, which makes me think I didn't hear about it. Yeah. Like, it was more local news. But, yeah, that was the case of... Of Mr. Handcuffs. Yuck. So that was a wild ride. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's gross. It's scary. It freaks me out that shit like that goes on. I mean, I think that a lot of these have like situations where it's like, oh gosh, it is really hard to swallow. I know that we see news reports of police officers who are doing bad stuff, but I feel like internally. Maybe for the younger generations, it's not going to be so much this way, but I feel like we grew up being told if you need help, you go to a police officer. The police officers are the ones that'll help you. Yeah. So it is hard to swallow. Like, So there's this guy basically who's a police officer. Yeah, he ended up getting fired. 
But I do have to question if the reason why some of this like crap kind of continued on is because it wasn't really handled. Right. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going back to baby duty. Katie, tell everybody where they can find us. Yes. All right, homies. Where you can find us is on Instagram at Maniacally Midwest. You can email us, maniacallymidwest at gmail.com. Send us suggestions. Send us, well, we haven't done hot topics in a while, but you can send hot topics. If there's one that's like wildly requested, we'll we'll try to allot time for that. I know right now we're just trying to get it done for you guys. Um, But yeah, you can send us an email of whatever you need. You can... uh, We're on TikTok. We're not really on TikTok. So Instagram. We have a TikTok. It's not like being manned. But like we have aspirations of being more on TikTok. Yes. So we're trying to like work on that and do that. Um, And then I am drawing a blank. But you can listen to us. Spotify. Apple TV. Nope. Not Apple TV. I wish. I'm waiting on my my mini series to come out so fingers crossed one day they cover me and I just have a production team walking around because I got good stories I really do people oh yeah you wish you lived my life I got a new pergola that's neither here nor there but I should just throw that out there um also uh, give us a review a rating I we also wanted to shout out and give a special thanks to I'm not sure if it's Raymond or if it's Justin because the way it's set up has Raymond, but then Justin in parentheses. Um, He is actually someone who is a supporter of the podcast. Um, It's not something that we have ever like put out and asked for just because we. (laughs) But if you guys support us. Exactly. So we really appreciate um, we really appreciate the support. It was not something that we expected. We're really thankful that the episodes that we're doing and our passion are something that people do want to support. Um, so really, truly, thank you for sending that support. And if you would also like to join him in supporting us, I don't really no, it's a link that Anchor has always like kind of tacked onto our podcast. So I've never like delved into it. We've never really advertised it. But if that is something that you're interested in, do check it out. But even if not, we really enjoy having you listening and we appreciate all the love and the support that we get. And everyone send good vibes that uh, Chloe's baby is going to sleep for super long and she gets to take a nap. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.